Another episode of Radio Rounds, the podcast interview series presented by St. Louis Children's Hospital, featuring leading Washington University physicians covering pediatric topics of interest to doctors and healthcare professionals. Here's Melanie Cole. A delay in speech development may be a symptom of many disorders. Being familiar with the factors to look for when taking the history and performing the physical examination allows physicians to make a prompt diagnosis. Timely detection and early intervention may mitigate the emotional, social, and cognitive deficits of this disability and improve the outcome. My guest today is Dr. John Constantino. He's a Washington University pediatric psychiatrist at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Welcome to the show, Dr. Constantino. Tell us a little bit about autism and how it most commonly presents itself. So it is very common for autism to present itself within the second year of life of a child. And most often parents become concerned when their child uh, manifests early delays in language development in comparison to other children. Uh, Generally by the first uh, 18 months of life, a child uh, at the end of that period, a child should have at least a few words other than mom and dad at a minimum. And by the uh, second birthday, uh, children have lots of vocabulary on, uh, on average, uh, are speaking using phrase speech, uh, a, a simple majority of their language is intelligible. And most often families recognize that when their child is not doing that, that is when they come to clinical attention. So how does autism affect language and speech development? Well, it's not entirely known how that works. It, the The acquisition of language is a function of several uh, sort of independent strands of uh, early childhood development. So first, language development requires enough cognitive skills, that is your general global intelligence, to be able to uh, put together all of the sounds and the relationships to uh, things that, are, uh, that words are supposed to represent uh, that require a certain level of uh, cognitive ability to sort of get in the game of being able to do that. A second area is that you have to be able to actually formulate the words, and there are different areas of the brain that are responsible uh, separate from those areas that contribute to intellectual development that specifically uh, underlie the ability to formulate words, to express language, to understand the auditory cues of spoken words. And a child can be perfectly intelligent but not have the ability to do that. And those kinds of deficiencies relate to the group of disorders called the specific language impairments. And then the third area developmentally that's common are the autism spectrum disorders. And autism spectrum disorders are principally a deficiency in the social aspects of communication uh, in early development that are manifested both by difficulty in engaging another human being on a turn-taking or one-to-one basis are deficiencies in motivation for social engagement that are required to competently develop the ability to communicate interpersonally. Based on parental observations, Dr. Constantino, are there reliable diagnostic procedures for looking into this and confirming this? As far as parents' ability to help with the diagnosis, parents are great with providing developmental history. So uh, indicating to a a physician or a a clinician what were the earliest warning signs of that child's uh, condition. And so developmental history is very important. 
uh, things that are big red flags that are uh, ascertained in developmental history is whether a child responds to his or her own name, whether or not a child makes eye contact, whether the child has ever been able to point to the things that they're interested in while looking at that parent as if to ask them at the same time, can you help me with this, to to sort of share their intentions. And these are uh, elements of developmental history that are that are capitalized in uh, establishing whether or not uh, a young child has a developmental history that's consistent with an autism spectrum disorder. You can imagine a young child who is not talking in a room, uh, who is understanding everything that everybody is saying, that is trying to communicate and frustrated that he or she can't, using gestures and making great eye contact. And when that child is given a command to do this or that or a two-step command, that they are able to complete it without any problem. You know that that child is, the, the language delay in that child is most likely due to a specific impairment in language, in expressive language because they're understanding language, they're interested in what's going on, they're trying to communicate, but they can't, and they're knowledgeable about the context of their situation. Children who, uh, if, you, if you were to consider a child with autism, a child with autism in that same scenario would not be engaged or interested or making eye contact. Uh, that child might understand what's going on, but might be very much uh, oriented to his or his or her own uh, agenda and not connected to what's going on with the rest of the people in the room and certainly not frustrated by not being able to communicate. In contrast, a child with intellectual disability might be making eye contact and might be kind of interested, but unable to speak and unable to really understand when uh, a verbal prompt is given to them to follow a command. And so those those children are engaged, but they're not actively trying to communicate and they're not particularly frustrated with the inability to communicate. And so it's those little signs that a clinician uses in order to differentiate between uh, the, the possibilities is what I'm seeing attributable to an autistic impairment, to a cognitive deficiency, or to a very specific language impairment. And at the same time, to be able to do uh, the uh, appraisal of any concern for much rarer causes of language delay, which would include hearing impairment, it's very important to rule that out, visual impairment, which can delay the onset and use of language, Uh, and to make sure that they're rounding out uh, an appraisal of all those particular kind of contributing factors to a language delay. And so you can get a sense that, you know, even just watching a young child and thinking about how are they using the play materials, how are they interacting with the people in the room, what does their eye contact look like, are they trying to be engaged with the other people around them, are they frustrated not to be able to communicate, you can size up fairly quickly with most young children with a language delay, not only which primary problem you're dealing with, but is it likely that there is an amalgam of one or two or even three components of the problem that are contributing to that child's delay. And when would you tell a pediatrician it's time to refer to a specialist? Well, I think that any time a young child manifests a significant developmental delay in either communication or social behavior, or there's significant concern for cognitive impairment, that it's a good time to make a referral, particularly for developmental therapies that are available, you know, across the U.S. through uh, uh, municipal systems for supporting children with developmental disabilities. So I think that's an important aspect of it. And whenever cognitive impairment is suspected, uh, we 
generally recommend making a referral to a child neurologist or a developmental pediatrician who's skilled in the appraisal of reversible causes of cognitive impairment. There are close to 60 rare but reversible causes of cognitive deficiency in children that it's very important to uh, evaluate for those and address them if they are contributing to a child's condition because once the window of opportunity to treat them is missed, uh, it's it's a lost opportunity to literally to reverse that condition. And these are quite rare, but specialists uh, are well-trained in identifying these and screening for them. Uh, There are websites that are available to clinicians to learn about how to conduct those appraisals and which of those conditions uh, are uh, uh, able to be treated. And in just the last few minutes, what would you like to tell other pediatricians about recognizing speech and language development delays in autism and on the spectrum? What would you like to tell them about what can, how the condition is treated? What would you like them yep. to know? Well, it's in increasingly important to recognize when autism is present because the developmental therapies for autism are getting more specific and more effective. And so affording children the opportunity to do more than traditional interventions in early developmental therapy, which were largely restricted to speech therapy and occupational therapy, both of which are good. But there's now a whole generation of early intensive behavioral interventions uh, that uh, relate to the the methods of a field of uh, developmental therapy uh, that is encompassed by applied behavior analysis as a principle. And that these uh, types of of therapies are becoming uh, more and more widespread and readily available to children. So looking for opportunities to incorporate them, and certainly by the time these children reach age three, they can be, these kinds of interventions can be built into the educational planning that uh, all young children are entitled to uh, as a function of entitlements for early childhood education for children with special needs. And tell us about your team. Why is St. Louis Children's Hospital so great to work with? Well, we have a team that is a very... Uh, multidisciplinary and uh, uh, covering all of the bases, not only of the uh, appraisal and diagnosis and intervention planning for children with autism, but with close ties to uh, specialty services like child neurology in the setting of uh, children who have suspicion for cognitive delays or epilepsy. We have very special expertise in a related field for children when they reach a little bit older age uh, following a language delay, uh, again, in the, in the range from age uh, three and up, uh, that is called augmentative communication, which is a very specific therapy uh, as a next step for children if they don't respond to the earliest developmental therapies, that this is another way to help them uh, work around or overcome that language gap through use of technology, new technologies that will allow them to uh, uh, have a better opportunity to uh, 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 develop functional communication that they can use every day. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Constantino. A physician can refer a patient by calling Children's Direct Physician Access Line at 1-800-678-HELP. That's 1-800-678-4357. You're listening to Radio Rounds with St. Louis Children's Hospital. For more information on resources available at St. Louis Children's Hospital, you can go to stlouischildrens.org. That's stlouischildrens.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.